Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN, and in studio, we have our friend Sharon Rutledge. Uh, thanks for coming down tonight, <laughs> joining us again, Sharon. Hi, Dave. Thanks. Nice to see you. Thanks. Uh, we played the little Brenda Lee thing because, uh, Sharon, you did, uh, you know, we I said here, you got a nomination for Special Achievement for Animation Sequences for our documentary, Center of Nowhere, The Spirit and Sounds of Springfield, Missouri, which... Uh, she recorded there, as you know, uh, for the Ozark Jubilee, I've been saying there. And that'll be April 4th at, at the Music Box. But your animation, we used you, you know, we worked with you. Uh, you, you did it uh, on a labor, a jump of faith, a labor of love. Um, talk about your background in, in animation and how, how you got into this. Well, the animation thing kind of came about a little bit by accident, actually. Um, you know, I've always been sort of attracted to the combination of music and visual art uh and for me it was always music and drawing um so actually i think the first animation i ever made is still on youtube it's called a uh, bird brain okay actually i think we did that one yeah. we looked at that one so there. you know it's interesting because so how it came about was i actually had this this 40 second instrumental piece of music that i had written and I was looking through a sketchbook, and I found an image of something that I thought might look interesting if it could move, you know. And I don't know if this was back in, like, 2007. So I don't know if you remember um, if you remember a, a Windows Movie Maker. Uh-huh. It was a slideshow program. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't even know if they still make that program or not. But I discovered that, you know, this is for dropping family photos in. You could You could make each slide either 10 seconds long, or you could make it as short as a sixteenth of a second long. So I discovered that I could do this, and if I just dropped drawings, file after file, shrunk them down to a sixteenth of a second, you've got an animation, you know, and you just drop your own music in or, you know, anything in there. And, and that was it, that you know. And yeah. I think there's probably a handful of those those early animations done in that sort of style still up there on YouTube, actually, yeah. <laughs> Your style, I mean, I, you could use the words, you know, different words than I'm using, but it's kind of whimsical. It's fun. Um, uh, how do you take, how do you approach something, especially maybe we came to you, and I don't know how much you, I know you're a music fan, hmm. um, but how do you, how'd you approach some of the assignments we gave you? I mean, we've screened this about four or five times, and people just love the animation. The Dave Alvin, Lou Whitney in, in the car doing the duck thing, and yeah. and Brenda Lee going back and forth. From, so how'd you, how do you approach a storyline? You know, that was a really interesting opportunity opportunity that you gave me uh working on this this film because to be totally honest most of my work had been more like you said whimsical stream of conscious um sort of imagery uh not very narrative work actually and it was great actually collaborating with you guys and working on actual stories and figuring out how to simplify the imagery you know to find you know, the thing that actually would capture the story and try not to keep the images too busy, you know, just simplifying was sort of sort of the challenge for me. 
is this a good time for what you do? Um, we've been working at the film for six or seven years, but maybe it was two summers ago we were down there and they were uh, they had a preview for the for the Mike Judge mm-hmm. Tales from the Tour Bus. Tell the listeners what that is. I mean, you know, that's again, that's right up your alley. It's all the stories for George Jones, all animated. Well, but it was really popular. It was a huge line and stuff. Yeah, um, no, I think I think Mike Judge's work has influenced me more than I even realize. Um, actually, when I was about in sixth grade, my uncle gave me the Beavis and Butthead book. And, you know, that was right around the What a the great time. uncle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it, it was right at the, at the beginning of when I was starting to get more into music, more into drawing. And, and I think that it sort of sort of kind of carried over later i didn't realize until just recently like i said um but luckily that might when when you guys told me that you were going to have me do some work for for this film i had about the same time learned that mike judge was doing this project but i intentionally sort of kept away from seeing any of it and i actually haven't hadn't seen an episode until about a month ago um because i I almost didn't want to be too influenced by it um i wanted whatever we were working on to be its own thing um but it's amazing the parallel yeah. For sure. You worked a lot with Jamie Caesar uh, as our liaison. And, and some people, you know, when we go out and do these screenings, and the next one will be April 4th here in Chicago, like the Ronnie Self. Ronnie Self is a great story. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody someday will do their own documentary on him. I mean, it's just uh, you don't have to see the documentary. But, you know, you, you know, there's not a lot of footage and not a lot of pictures of Ronnie Self, you know. So you helped us cover that. I mean, is that a common thing for animators to do when they can't find pictures and stuff to, to, to use animation as another way to tell the story well you definitely are pointing out one of the challenges i had because uh i do rely on a lot of source material to sort of you know pull from and i try to get a likeness of the person and if there's only two two images you know and you're trying to tell a story it's it can be a challenge you know um how how familiar just in the stuff that we worked on how familiar were, were you with any of it i mean you know alvin did you know the skeletons, Lou Whitney? Uh, I, well, yes and no. Uh-huh. Um, just f- with my association with NRBQ, yeah. uh, Bobby Lloyd Hicks, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, I learned a lot on this project. It was some music education for me, which was one of the main reasons I took it on. Um, the Ronnie Self story was definitely something I wasn't familiar with. You know, um, so I learned a lot just from doing that. You know, thirty-second clip. Do um, lights go on for you? Um, is it better when you know about the subject and you're familiar with it, or when the flip side being a sense of discovery? Oh, wow, I didn't know about this. Is there anyone? Is any avenue more inspiring for you? Mm, probably the latter. Yeah. Um, you know, I. Th- I try to do justice to the subject, and so if I do, if I do find myself uh, happening upon something that I don't know much about, but I'm trying to, you know, get the essence of the story or the character or the band, whatever it might be, I do tend to try to dive in pretty deep, um, so that you know, because there's people out there that know a lot more about any given subject than I do, and I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, trying to act like a like I know more than anyone else. I just want to try and get the essence of, of the subject. That's great stuff. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. I want to talk about Peoria. You want to talk about Peoria a little bit? Okay. We'll be back with Sharon Rutledge after this on WGN. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal. That's such a nice nocturnal vibe there mm. with Sharon Rutledge. Talk about that track. That's from the Flat Five. That is. And you played on that. That's me on the guitar, the lead guitar, yeah. Um, you know, it's that song, well, as you know, that was written by Chris Legan, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Um, and actually, we, back in 2011, Chris was getting ready to put a new album together, and he asked me to be a part of the band, Chris Legan and the Problems. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it was an honor. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, me, Scott. Scott Legan, his brother, uh, Casey McDonough, Alex Hall. Uh, So we were getting ready to prepare for this album. We didn't know what it was going to be quite yet. Um, We were recording some tracks, um, but it essentially ended up being more of a live record. It was called This Is Your Night, Um, and I played mostly bass on that record. Um, But for some of the tracks that we had recorded, I'd played a little guitar, and She's Only Five, which was an older song of his that actually has a lyric to it, um, we decided to do to cut it as an instrumental. And I'm playing, you know, the lead guitar on there. Um, but we never ended up releasing it. It just kind of got put aside for a while. Um, and then fast forward to, you know, a few years later, uh, the Flat Five decided they were going to do a whole album of Chris Legan's songs. And... Scott remembered that we had cut this track and you know being the brilliant you know producer arranger musician that he is he immediately saw a way to bring that into the flat fives repertoire and it worked out great let me say something uh i try to keep it brief um about the ethic of our project and it ties into the uh ethic of the music that you're talking about with all these bands i like uh, flat five are they playing the fitzgeralds tonight uh that is the scott legan all-star freak oh, out okay, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and uh that and uh, nrbq and this uh-huh. project um and mike veck was on our first uh segment and he's a big proponent of fun um and one thing i kept you know we worked on that documentary for for we're going on year number seven and you know nobody was getting paid we did it all on a faith we're going to try to get it in a distribution after we do some screenings but um when you're working on faith and you're working on a, a like a zero budget it's nice to surround yourself with people who have fun mm. doing stuff because at the end of the day i mean and your your spirit just brought so much to our project because you just had fun i mean you know things maybe things were dark at a moment or we were fight, fighting for a moment and they're sharing stuff and that's fun you um, know it's just fun is just so much important in the way we approach life right and the musically I, they do that and i absolutely agree and i appreciate you saying that yeah um I, I could tell that the spirit of the project was in the right place, and I was excited. You know, like I said earlier, the you know bringing visual art and music together—that's exactly what got me into animation in the first place. So, you know, it, it felt like the right thing to do to yeah. take that on, and I knew it was going to be a learning experience for me. But I just I appreciate you having faith in. You know, um, my ability, and even though I hadn't really proven that I had done anything like that before, it was sort of like a leap of faith that, you know, I ended up learning a lot from. And now, 
you can put on your resume or uh, website, the Maverick Movie Awards, nominee for Special Achievement for Animation Sequences. Hey, all so, right. Uh, <laughs> That's exciting. Uh, do you have a website? How can people see some of your work? I know you got a Vimeo well, page. I do have a Vimeo page. Uh, let's see, vimeo.com slash Rutledge. Um, but if anybody's interested in checking out more of my illustration work, um, they can go to sharonrutledge.carbonmade.com. Com, and there's also links to my video work there, too. It's great stuff. Are you working on anything now? You know, I've got a couple things that I have in mind, but, um, you know, animation, music, those are all sort of side projects in conjunction with other things that I do. Um, I'm a massage therapist full-time, so oh, I, I do that, that. Yeah, I do that four days a week, um, and this creative process is sort of a way for me to balance my life out. It's, you know, sort of perfect for me. Talk about, uh, I saw it. The Joey Saves, the Zambonis. What a uh, fun little project that was. Talk we, about that. Talk yeah. about who these Zambonis uh, Well, Zamb- you know, that's actually a great example of, you know, a band, well, a project that I probably should know more about my subject than I do. Um, so, you know, when we're dealing with, so the Zambonis, it's music about hockey. And this song, so my connection to the Zambonis is Dave Schneider. Uh, and he he had hired me for one other project before, but a uh, different band. So this was you know our second go at it together. And you know he he said I've got this idea for a song. It's uh, called Joey Saves, and it's about hearing Ramon's songs at the hockey rink. And I thought, okay, you know, let's give this a shot. But I thought, you know, the Ramones. That's a pretty specific, you know, popular subject that I'm. You know, I was kind of embarrassed that I didn't know more about. So I went ahead and just dove into it and tried to learn as much as possible, find, you know, the right imagery, just the right era, you know, just did a lot of research before, you know, starting my sketches. And I I don't know, it was, it was a whole lot of fun. I learned a lot and, you know, it's out there if you want to check it out. How time consuming is that? I mean, you said Mm. you're starting with sketches. I'm just a little curious on the process. You know, I think at this point I've sort of, figured out like if i'm going to do something that's about two to three minutes long probably take two days to do the drawing um well i'd say each minute might take a couple days for the drawing a couple days for the animating so it might take me two weeks to do something that's three minutes it might take me a month it it kind of just depends you know um and like i said if if i'm only doing the work twice a week and then i'm working full-time four days of the week then you know i'm just trying to utilize my time wisely so it's hard for me to estimate exactly just because mm-hmm. i've sort of bounce around with my time a little bit <laughs> that's a good thing yeah that's a good thing so what you're from peoria i sure am peoria uh, illinois talk about uh yeah not peoria arizona talk about your roots there was there music around the house uh, art around the house yeah. talk, what was it like growing up there well you know my dad actually listened well he was a drummer um but he he wasn't playing drums after I was born. But he he did play records a lot. Um, he loved listening to Jimi Hendrix, uh, Captain Beefheart, King Crimson. Um, so you know I was I was into some of the late sixties, seventies stuff early. And what a great jumping off point for album art. Oh my <laughs> some, gosh! Some of that stuff had great. Oh, idea. absolutely! Yeah. Some those King Crimson records. Yeah. I just I was staring at that when I was a baby. You know, yeah. um, but. Uh, 
my uncle actually introduced me. He would make mixtapes for me, um, anything from uh, Spirit, you know, Jefferson Airplane to Nine Inch Nails. And um, he made a mixtape for me when I was about 12 that uh, had the Beatles on it. And, you know, as much as I was already listening to the stuff from the 60s, Bob Dylan, I hadn't really dove into the Beatles yet. And that was a huge turning point for me. I, I really just consumed, I was just obsessed with the Beatles. That was everything. And it really did, that's when I started drawing their portraits. I, oh, you, you did? Know, I, was, I was very into portraiture and, you know, drawing very detailed pencil drawings of the Beatles. Um, and then I learned how to play the guitar at that age. It was, it was a old, big deal. About how old were you? Twelve. Twelve? About right. twelve, yeah. So your source material, not to get real wonky, I mean, did you use <laughs> album covers or did you use magazines or newspaper? Oh, I would be at the library yeah, yeah. every week, like, checking out you know any anything and everything that i could on the beatles you know watching films i mean i magazines and actually the timing was perfect because the anthology was just about to come out around okay, that time yeah. and so all this new material live at the bbc all this new stuff was coming out i it, i mean everything was new to me but you know it was like a resurgence and you know the timing was great and there's just a wealth of footage and images of the beatles you you know it's endless what'd your folks do back in peoria uh my mom was a hematologist my dad worked in security they both worked at hospitals okay um he transitioned his job he changed jobs later um but they're both retired now okay and then a couple more things what brought you to chicago uh well, I went to school in DeKalb actually and studied illustration there. Okay. And after school, I just I came to Chicago. It made more sense to come here than to go to go to Peoria. And you know, my boyfriend at the time was living in Chicago. Um, husband now, Scott Lee. That would be Scott. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, I was very interested in the music scene here more than than the art scene i would say so when i left college i just wanted to be around as much music as i could i wanted to just be in the city living you know i didn't i didn't know really what i wanted to do i just knew i wanted to be somewhere where there was opportunity and creativity you know like i said you well you live in a from the you live in a fun world it's just the music and the work you do it's just it's something we all need right now i'm very lucky yeah yeah you're very good so thank you sharon rutledge Thank you, And Dave. it'll be April... F- You've seen it. You've, you, I've seen a yeah. couple versions, Yeah, actually. yeah. So this will be April 4th at the Music Box on the north side. I'm so bad about plugging stuff like this, but it's... Um, it Tony like Fitzpatrick. Tony's, I know. I just, I just learned Tony Fitzpatrick Tony is Fitzpatrick hosting. is hosting. Great. It's $12 in advance at Eventbrite. It took about two hours for me to set up an event. This is like all DIY. We set up our own little Eventbrite thing. And uh, $14 at the door. But it should be a, a really, really fun night. So I'm you'll be there. You'll it. be there, right? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Thanks so much for coming down. Thank you all for listening tonight. Um, and... Uh, Thank you, Taylor and Dan Long, for the production, and we'll be back soon on Nocturnal Journal. Radio Theater. In the air. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN.